0: Welcome to Courtside Moms. I'm your host, Wendy Sparks. Today, my guest is Janita Walker, mother of Megan Walker of the Phoenix Mercury. We have so much to talk about, so let's bring Janita on the show. So, welcome, Janita, to Courtside Moms. I am so blessed to have you here with me today, and we're going to discuss your daughter, Megan Walker.
1: Yeah, Megan.
0: Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. I love it. I love it. I love the passion as mom, right? We're just feeling it. I just love it. So let's talk about her playing basketball where she started at the age of five, such a tender age. What piqued her interest about the sport at that time?
1: Well, she has an older brother Mm -hmm. and a cousin that my, my son and my um, nephew are around the same age. Okay. And my husband, he would coach their basketball team. It was a mm-hmm. rec league. And Megan would love to go to the games. And when I wouldn't allow her to go, because if it was late, I, you know, didn't allow her to go. She would have a fit and she would cry. And I would have to go and let, <laughs> let her stay for just a little while, you know, and get her home and ready for bed. But that's where her interest um, sparked, watching the two you know, brothers, we call them brothers, but actually it's a nephew and then the brother, watching right. the two brothers play basketball.
0: That's amazing. So at that time, is that when she became really serious and wanted to actually play on a team or was it just what she watched?
1: Yeah, she watched it and she asked me, she said, Mommy, can I play somewhere? So I looked around and looked around because she was so young. Um, And I found a team at the YMCA and it was called the Pee Wee League. Mm -hmm. And of course, I think she was the only girl when we started. And she would always beat the boys down the court because, (laughs) you know, she was used to dribbling down the court, you know, because she had watched it with my son and my nephew. So she would always beat them down the court. Um, And then I think like the second season, they had a couple more girls. But she was always the one who would beat everybody down the court and would know what to do because she had watched basketball for so long.
0: Right. So basketball, I mean, at such a young age, it's it starts to become serious, especially when you're playing organized basketball. But did you want to just make sure that when she's playing, yes, it's serious. But at the same time, were you concerned that it, she wasn't really having kid fun?
1: Um, I think she was having fun, um, but she enjoyed, you know, she looked forward to her game. So she was actually enjoying it and she got serious about it. Um, She actually played um, baseball with the boys when she was Mm -hmm. younger and then she moved up to softball. So she was doing both of the sports at the same time and she was really, really good in softball and she was really really good in basketball. So it came a time where the practices were conflicting, the games were conflicting. So she had to make a decision on which sport that she was wanted to pursue. Right. And she decided to of course to pursue basketball.
0: Wow. You know, and that's, and that's good because at that age, sometimes it's hard for kids to make a decision, right? Yeah. I want to play it all. I want to become a major mm-hmm. league baseball player. You know what I mean? I want to become, I don't know, a soccer player. And mm-hmm. I want to become all these wonderful things because like, when, you're, when you're five or six or seven, you know, you can do anything, right? You, mm-hmm. you just think that's what you're going to be. So I can't imagine a little child finally having to make a decision and say, okay, you have to choose one.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And obviously she saw the value more in basketball than the other stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The other sports she played. So now, moving forward, let's go to high school. Where did she attend, and what was it like to be a female athlete while attending school there?
1: So she attended a. Um, it was a high school, but it wasn't her assigned high school because where we live in Virginia, according to your boundaries in the county, um, you would go to a certain high school. She didn't go to the high school she was assigned to. She actually um, applied and got accepted into a specialty program. It was the um, physical therapy program. And she played basketball at that high school. It was called Monican High School. Mm-hmm. Um, so when she got there, you know, everybody knew about Megan because she was in middle school. Uh, while she was in middle school, she carried her middle school team to a, a, their first state championship. So of course everybody was familiar with Megan. Um she she enjoyed high school. She stayed busy. Um she um carried her um team to three um state championships. Wow. In the first one that was her freshman year, they made it to the I think the quarterfinals. So she vowed the next year that you know they would the team and her they vowed that you know, they would take it further the next year, the next year, the next year. So they called it the three-peat. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Love it. Love yeah, it. Yeah, they
1: called it the 3
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: It was really exciting.
0: And did you get to attend a lot of the games? And what were they like for you?
1: Oh, yeah. We were at all of the games. And it was <laughs> so fun. And we would try to have our, like, assigned seats that we were going to sit. But if we didn't get there in time, somebody else would take them, and it was it was really exciting because the games would always be packed, and we would meet so many people. And they said, "Oh, we traveled here to see Megan," you know, "we came to see Megan." And when the game was over, um, it was like lines of people who would want to take pictures with Megan. Okay, yeah. So it was a lot of fun. It was just it was just incredible. It was it was just such happiness. You know, to see her um, play her game and to see fans love her as they did. Yeah, yeah.
0: I love how you said you used to have a, um, a special seat that you want to sit in. It's like church, mm-hmm. you, know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, but you're like, no, no, no. The first four pews is us. Like you're mm-hmm. so used to sitting there. You know, that's, a, that's amazing. When I used to go watch my son too, there was always um, a particular part of the arena that I would want to sit in. Mm-hmm. And when I couldn't sit there, it was just a different game.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't the yeah. same.
0: I would watch it, but I'd be disgruntled just because <laughs> I didn't sit in Wendy's. seat. 18,000 places to sit. I yeah. just sit in my chair. So <laughs> so at what point now did she start getting um, recognition and recruited for college ball? And how did the two of you approach choosing between the schools that showed interest in her?
1: Her recruiting started in seventh grade. Wow. Actually, yeah. There would be um, college coaches um, at her um, middle school games. And it got really serious, um, ninth grade. Um, they had like open gym, like I think their first practices. Mm-hmm. And it was about 10 college coaches there wow. watching Megan. And of course, of course, her coach was just ecstatic. He didn't know how to handle it. You know, he was... Just a nervous wreck, um, so it, it was really fun. Um, we met a lot of wonderful coaches. We met a lot of people. We just kind of just took everything in, yeah. um, pros and cons, just you know took our time and you know, helped Megan make the decision, and we supported her decision.
0: Yeah. At that time, did you have any resources? Because I can imagine as this is new and a lot of families, they just don't know who to ask or where to go. Sometimes you ask the coach, but for sometimes for coaches, it's new. You know what I mean? Like they coach for like 10, 15 years, Mm -hmm. but then they never have a student or, or an athlete who actually can progress to a higher level. So now you sort of got to look for where do I go? Who do I ask? Mm-hmm. So did you have like resources that you were able to trust first of all um, to help you guys as a family make decisions?
1: Yes, we did. Um, we had a um, some veteran players that played in the WNBA that mentored nice. Megan, and we had a dear family friend John Lucas, a dear family friend. Of course, we had Megan's AAU coach Boo right. Williams. And his oh, okay. staff, so we had a multitude of um, people that we could lean on and, you know, for support and you know get their advice and ask questions.
0: Yeah. See, so, and and that's a blessing because the programs and the people you named, they have knowledge in this field, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. not everybody really has that um, that uh, that opportunity mm-hmm. to actually get the right advice, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. you just have somebody who says, "Well, I've coached somebody for." three years, mm-hmm. I think this is a good idea. And it's such a big step, right? When mm-hmm. you're trying to find the right school for your child and then moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ultimate choice was UConn. Mm-hmm. Tell us why she wanted to play for the Huskies.
1: Um, hmm. She felt, you know, that was, you know, around good players. Of course, the coaching staff, uh, Megan would also always say, she said, yeah, coach really knows basketball. She would always say, she said, coach really knows basketball. Yeah. Um, so that was basically her reason.
0: Of course. And at that point, now she's really taking it serious. He probably saw her future in basketball. So for her, she recognized like, hold on a second. I need to know. I need to find someone who can really coach me. And move me forward, which mm-hmm. which makes her a good all-around athlete, right? Yeah. A, a, an athlete who wants to listen and wants to learn because she actually mm-hmm. sees this in her future. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about her time as a Husky and how does she impact the game, in your opinion, of course.
1: Um, okay, her first year was a learning learning yeah. curve, her first year. So her um, sophomore year, her feet were wet. You can yes. put it like that. Yep. <laughs> she got her feet wet. Um, in her junior year, she turned it up. (laughs) So, um, she, you know, she played her game. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, she was impactful for the team. You know, she, all, they all played together. You know, they won some really big games and of course they didn't win some games, but, um, I think she did well. You know, she was excited about her play and, you know, what was going on there at UConn.
0: Right. So during her years at UConn, she started getting a lot of attention once again, but this time for the possibility of her playing WNBA. Mm -hmm. And that dream just started probably becoming more of a reality. So walk us through that big decision um, to leave school early, which is not normal for a female athlete. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, you know, she she was eligible because of her age. Mm um you know she was turning 21 in that calendar year
0: right
1: um and you know we talked about it as a family and she felt that it was a dream of hers you know to play in the w and she felt that if she had the opportunity she wanted to take that opportunity because she didn't know what the next year was going to bring her you know she felt like she was healthy um you know with some training you know she could you know, improve her game. So she decided to take the leap. And of course, you know, we supported her. So leaving school
0: early for a female athlete, I can only imagine the type of criticism that, yeah, I (laughs) can, as you said it, I'm like, oh yeah. So what type of criticism did you get for her making that decision? And how did you guys as a family deal with that?
1: Well, you know, we, there was a lot of criticism about her leaving. Um, Some said that she wasn't ready. She should stay. And what we did, we just tuned it out. We decided as a family that, you know, you've made your decision. Now you need to go and put your best foot forward. You know, don't think about what others are going to, you know, what others say. You know, people always have something to say. So you've made your mind up and you just go at it. You know, you go as hard as you can. You know, don't think about what they say. So, you know, we supported her in that. And, you know, it it happened.
0: You know, what? I love the fact that as a parent, um, you saw the vision because a lot of times, you know, as parents, you hear what people say and you're like, okay, you know what, maybe we should wait. Maybe you should Mm -hmm. change it. You get pulled in different directions because Mm -hmm. the criticism that our kids get and the criticism that we get as parents sometimes are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh, you're a bad parent because you're not letting your child get their degree. And Mm -hmm. they have no idea what the story is. Right. No one knows the ins and outs. Mm -hmm. So I love how you as a mom, as a parent, you say, you know what? No, this is what my daughter wants. Mm -hmm. And we're going to work towards making this work as opposed to listening to the peanut gallery of the people who, A, their children probably don't play basketball. Right. (laughs) They're probably. Yeah have no mm-hmm. degrees. They have mm-hmm. they don't understand the fact that she can go back to school anytime mm-hmm. she's ready and she chooses. So mm-hmm. I just love the fact that you guys just said, dope, oh, this is our vision and we're moving forward with that. Right. So how did the school, Yukon, support you with that?
1: Um, they were supportive. They um are letting Megan um take classes. Right. And she just finished one class um this summer. Um, so, they're letting her take classes, you know, to complete her degree. So, they are were supportive. Of course, they would have loved for her to stay. Yeah. But, you know, it was Megan's vision, you know, to move it up a level and go to the W.
0: Good for her. Mm-hmm. So, she left UConn and then shortly after COVID hit and just changed everything. So, mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that time for her, because it must have been discouraging at one point. She's like, I'm ready to do this. And wait, now we can't.
1: Yeah. When she was about to leave to go to the bubble, she had to get those COVID tests. So she had two. And then a, the third one, it was positive, no symptoms or anything. And of course, you know, she was here at the home with us. Um, She just, you know, we just couldn't believe it. I was like, what? She said, yes, it's positive. So um, what she did, we we didn't have a basketball goal um, because we had already taken that down. So we went out and purchased another basketball goal and we put it together for her. So Megan would go out in the driveway with her mask on and shoot practice shoot practice so she could stay um you know in shape for whenever she was ready to go you know to the bubble and she would have her trainer do some virtual training with her so while she was still at home you know couldn't go to the bubble she was still working on her game and we just admired that so much we would have our neighbors come outside on the porch and look and just in awe of Megan um, working on her game while she was, you know, had COVID and wasn't able to be with her team.
0: Wow. I love the fact that she still kept focused. She's like, I'm going to make it and I'm going to get there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So let's back up a bit though um, for her timeline, when she declared for the WNBA draft,
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: how did she prepare herself? First of all, to become a pro player.
1: You know, she still worked out, you know, she, she, did what was necessary in the gym. She stayed mm-hmm. in the gym, um, you know, weights and practices and everything. That was basically it because, you know, at being at UConn and being on the basketball plan that UConn has, you're always in shape. Believe me, you're always in shape. So um, she just stuck to that, her routine, her diet. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually changed her diet while she was at UConn. Um, and she um, slimmed down. Um, she actually mm-hmm. changed her diet, um, and she slimmed down. And right. to this day, she's still on her meal prep plan.
0: Oh, amazing.
1: Yeah. hmm She's very serious about it.
0: Well, good. So she's following through. So mm-hmm. she understands like, no, for me to remain a pro athlete, mm-hmm. I have to keep my body, my temple in shape. Mm-hmm. I have to keep my mind right. There's all these different things that she has to maintain. Yeah. To remain as Megan Walker, the mm-hmm. athlete. Mm-hmm. So now I just want to know all about draft night for you and your family. I mean, it was a little bit different because it was COVID. You Mm -hmm. did it at home. Mm -hmm. So tell us all about that night for you.
1: Oh, it was amazing. Well, actually, let's back it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. How about draft week? Oh, let's do it. It was very busy. A lot of planning. Yeah. Everything came in full circle. So um, it was really busy that week, you know, with. Her talking to um W staff, you know, different um teams, you know, having um meetings with them, um, you know, um ESPN, sending information, you know, having meetings, um, you know, getting her wardrobe. Cause Meg I don't know if you know or not, but Megan loves to dress <laughs> and Megan loves to cook. Awesome. So those are her two things that she loves to do. She and she's a great cook and she loves to dress. So um you know getting her wardrobe straight um just preparing you know and then by the time um draft night came um i think i might have conked out about probably about 1 <laughs> 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 yeah i think i conked out one at about 1 but it was very exciting um megan was excited um you know we took plenty of pictures videos um you know it w- it was just exciting Um, You know, even though it was COVID, we had a few close friends over, like her um, trainer and, you know, family members. We didn't have a lot of people over, but um, it was really, really nice and we enjoyed it.
0: So I watched your video of your draft night and I just loved it. You guys were just just rejoicing. You were just feeling so blessed. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I'm just looking at her sitting there and her... I guess goldish yellow outfit, and she's like, "Shh, hold on, wait, hold on." And she, uh, <laughs> I loved it, and just the anticipation, everybody waiting. Where's
1: she going? Where's she going? Mm-hmm, Who's
0: going to call mm-hmm. her name? That I see her reach over, and put her hat on, and yeah. you can see her just like,
1: <sighs> yeah, like, yeah,
0: it's here. Like, oh yeah. my god, it's here. This like, yeah. woman is here. So yeah. she was drafted ninth overall to the New York Liberty. Amen. Mm-hmm. And. How are you feeling during that moment, though, once you heard her name called?
1: (sighs) My baby. (laughs) Yeah, it was really exciting. Um, I know she was excited. Um, My husband was excited. We were just so excited that Megan, you know, had fulfilled her dream, you know, to become a WNBA player. You know, she had worked so hard, you know, to become a WNBA players so we were just ecstatic, you know, to witness that
0: was it what you expected
1: the draft yeah, as far as hers um being chosen
0: um sure, like did you like what did you guys expect,
1: or what were you hoping for, I should say? you know, um Megan connected with um New York, so however Megan felt, that's what we supported her on, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Sometimes it's like, it doesn't matter. You just want your child to get drafted. Yeah. To get
1: drafted and for her, you know, to be excited and to be ready to roll. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. that's important. I'm just, I'm just picturing the video and everybody's jumping for joy and stuff. And it's just making me think, I wish all job interviews or, you know what I mean? Or, or, or choices, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're like that. I wish I can go for a job. I don't know. at the hotel across the street mm-hmm. and I can invite my family over and they figure Wendy Wendy's She's chosen. Everybody's jumping yeah. for joy. Like, you know what I mean? It's just so different. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: I just love it. I love, I love draft night and I love watching people, um, be happy. And I love like this year I watched, um, just recently we watched, uh, the, um, the NBA draft and just to see people whose kids have been drafted 10 years ago, but just to see people jump on board and start watching it and then just mm-hmm. sharing. Mm-hmm. And then we were talking about WNBA and talking about NBA and just talking about how different it is now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But now people are realizing how this really is big. It really does change your life and it changes your child's life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just nice to see people this year just say, hey, you know what? Let's just all be happy for everybody.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So now that your daughter... Now that she became a pro athlete, what changed for for you as a family? Or if anything changed?
1: Um, not too much change. We were used to traveling with Megan and we're still traveling with Megan. We're mm-hmm. still supporting Megan. Um, it seems like we're always busy. I'm always busy doing something for Megan, you know, with um but as far as things changing. No, nothing has really, really changed a lot. Yeah. Um, it's just we're still busy.
0: And I ask that because I want people to understand that even though our kids play pro athletes, we're still the same. You're still Janita.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? People think, oh, you know, your your child is an athlete now, and you guys must do this. I'm like, no, I did the same thing last Tuesday that I did yeah. two days ago or yeah. t- ten years ago. That's yeah. right. You're still
1: Janita Walker. Doesn't yeah. Like, and it's um Megan had a um basketball camp that nice. she did. Yeah, that she um hosted about two weeks ago. Okay. And it was amazing. Um we were busy planning that and um May it was about um probably about 74 girls there. And they enjoyed it so they are looking forward to next year. So um, that was something that Megan did and just to, sh- to give back to her community. She had it at her high school. Um, nice. Yeah. So it was really, really nice.
0: I love that because she's showing girls that basketball does exist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It does exist for us because mm-hmm. when you think basketball, a lot of times you think NBA, mm-hmm. you know, the NCAA men, you don't really think girls. So I love the fact that she's like, nope. I'm empowering you guys because all 74 of you can be in my shoes one day and and play for whoever you're playing for, which is awesome. So good for her. Good for her for empowering all these um, these girls. So let's talk about her transition from UConn to the WNBA. Mm -hmm. How did she transition? Like, what did she do now to fit now as a pro player?
1: Well, it's different um she she would always tell me it's different from college to the w because on when you're in college, you're kind of on the um team schedule yeah. in the w you're on your own schedule you know you have your own meals um you if you want to get up some more shots, you do that on your time um you have to be at the gym. You have to make sure that you get yourself up on time to, you know, be at the gym and ready for practice. Whereas at UConn, it was like they were given a schedule. 10 o'clock, you do this. 1030, you do that. You know, they had a team schedule. But in the W, you have your own schedule. Yeah. You know, you're responsible for yourself. Yeah. And And Megan did well with that because, you know, she's a responsible, you know mature basketball player you know so she had no problems with that
0: you're just reminding me of when my son first started playing in the nba Mm -hmm. and it was the same situation Mm -hmm, i'll never mm -hmm. forget that his team came uh actually to toronto and they were playing the very next day so the magic were playing um the, uh, the raptors and I was calling my son and say, "Hey, let's go have breakfast." But in my mind, I was like, "Okay, what well, do you have to ask and what time?" And mm-hmm. and like you're saying, you know what I mean. I was so used to his schedule mm-hmm. being, you know, made for him, and mm-hmm. he used to tell me, "I only have a window of this and this time," and he had to ask permission. Can I go see my mom. Where this time he just came down to the lobby. He was like, "Let's go." and it was new for me too right so it's funny you're saying that because I'm like it's so true he was like and he told me he says mom I do what I want I just have to make sure that I'm back for the bus at x time because it's game night right so it is true and I guess sometimes it's it's an adjustment for us as parents too right because we get so used to what they were doing before so it's in a set it in the essence it's a an adjustment for us too Mm-hmm. So it doesn't only change for the player, it changes for us, right? So, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she was a rookie who needed to adjust to what was going on because she did eventually make it to the bubble, correct?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So now, or the Wubble, I should say. So now she's in the Wubble. She's a rookie. She missed part of, um, I guess, the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. She has to get in there. She has to... She has to perform
1: mm-hmm. just
0: from off being sick. Mm-hmm. You had the Black Lives Matter platform there. You had to say her name movements, all that that Megan had to face and deal with. So how did that have an impact on her in addition to being expected to play up to par?
1: Mm-hmm. It was a lot. Um, and I think she handled it well because she was used to handling a lot of stuff going on at UConn. OK. You know, Yukon really helped her to adapt to um, the W because, you know, at UConn, they're busy doing this, doing that. So um, I think she handled it well that, you know, she didn't have any issues or anything.
0: OK, so she was able to accept because I understand the wobble's was a little bit different than what she would have normally been. Right now, you're stuck in this one location
1: and she they had to ride the bikes. They had bikes that they had to ride you know, back and forth to where they needed to go. Mm-hmm. She had roommates um, and she was, you know, they were, she had fun with her roommates. You know, she would call and say, oh yeah, we're fixing pancakes this morning. So, you know, they would have fun or she'll say, oh, we're going on a bike ride. It was like 10 o'clock at night. She's like, oh yeah, we're going on a bike ride now. So um, she had fun being in the Wubble. Um, It was You know, always, you know, in that contained area. That's right. Um, So she handled it well. Good.
0: So during that time, the WNBA games were televised. Mm -hmm. What was it like for you now as a mom to see your daughter put on her New York Liberty uniform and showcase her skills that got her there in the first place?
1: Mm -hmm. Exciting. Yeah, we were excited. Um, I think her the first game that was televised, I think we had like a little uh, get together mm-hmm. and we invited um, her um, trainer and a couple of other friends. So um, we had a little watch party. <laughs> yeah, we had a watch party, but it was always exciting to you know watch the game. Even if Megan didn't get in the game, it was exciting to see her sit there with her jersey on with her team.
0: So as a rookie, like you're saying, she didn't get in a few games. What was that like for her um, mentally as a player? Because you know, she knows, like, I'm a good player. I'm capable of doing this, this, this. However, now she's sitting down and she's not playing as much as she did, just say, at UConn. Did she, how did that impact
1: her? Um, she always said, I'm just going to stay ready. She said, I'm going to be ready. Whenever they call me to go in, I'm just going to be ready. She said, I'm going to watch, you know, what happens on the court. So when they call me to go in the game, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to stay ready.
0: Absolutely. Like I always say, better to get better to be ready than to have to get ready. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: not a bad thing sometimes to not get right in the game. I always I don't know basketball a lot, but Mm -hmm. I've always said it's good to watch something happen. So you can know when it's your turn, what you're expected to do. Yeah,
0: that's that's a great ph- philosophy because it, it, it helps you be better prepared mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. that particular situation. So and I should say that to my son, too. Sometimes it's not so bad just sitting there. Because you're learning, yeah. you're learning, you know yeah. what I mean? You're learning, you actually see what's happening. You see You see it unfold in front of you and you're like, oh, okay, well, hold on. Maybe if we had done this, it could have been different or whatever. And then you could just get out there and do it better, right? hmm So Megan also went overseas. hmm And she went to Hungary. So what was
1: that like for her? You know, COVID had it shut down. Mm-hmm. We weren't able to go over there because of COVID. Um, they had a curfew every night, you know, because of COVID. That's right. Um, so they basically could only go to practices, to the gym, you know, to their games and everything. So, um, actually, she sometimes she would say, she, Oh, she watched a lot of, um, Netflix. She binged a lot on, mm. you know, her television shows, you know. They would practice, you know, go to the gym, so it was a lot of downtime, um but you know they would have you know fun with their teammates, but it was a lot of downtime, you know, they were just in that they were in a wobble, yeah, yeah, it was a wobble day or two,
0: yeah,
1: um, but she enjoyed her team um she you know enjoyed her teammates, um she had fun, I, you know, so. I think it was a good experience.
0: Did she miss home more just because she can't get out there and really experience the country? She couldn't probably really see much because, like you said, it was to the gym. You play your game and you get back. Yes, you can hang with your teammates and stuff, but it probably wasn't out in the open and out in the public. And learning about Hungary as she probably would have liked to. I mean, so many people... Uh, Well, a lot of women players, they get so much opportunity to go overseas and 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 be a part of these cultures. But yet here you're here, your baby. She's there. And it's like, no. Yeah, she
1: did. She missed the home. She missed home. She missed us. Um, You know, we would always uh, FaceTime, you know, her time was six hours ahead. Yeah. So when I used to get her uh, FaceTime calls at three in the morning, you know, Mm -hmm. her my three is I'm asleep. Her nine is she's been awake for a while. So Mm -hmm. it was like, I always would get the one, two, three and four, (laughs) four o'clock in the morning calls, you know, FaceTime calls from her. And of course, I loved it, you know. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, she did miss us. And, you know, I would always answer her FaceTime calls, you know, every time she called because, you know, she was away from home. You know, she was there alone and, you know, they were in the wobble. So, you know, it was it was my pleasure and, you know, to answer her calls and talk with her and then try to get back to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: I love that. I love that. Yeah, my son played overseas, too. So he would call. Like you said, 2, three, four o'clock in the morning. And it's funny because normally we would get those calls when they were living with us. And you're worried, oh, my God, who's calling? You know, mm-hmm. we're thinking something happening. You know what I mean? And then here, too, now they're overseas. And it would startle me every single time he would call mm-hmm. at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And I would say, hello. And he's like, hi. Yeah, oh you know. God. Yeah. And I the thinking, he always says, you sleep? No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then we would talk talk for an hour about nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. I wouldn't be able to fall asleep. So I'd be at work. Oh, my God. And they used to laugh at me and say, your son called? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> they always knew. But she's blessed that she had that opportunity to experience. I mean, hopefully moving forward without COVID, it'll be a little bit different. And eventually she'll be able to, if she continues um, overseas again, whether it's Hungary or anywhere else on the planet, where she'd be able to learn something different, you know what I mean, during her off season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. How do you think she pushes herself to be as great as she is? And I ask you that because she seems to have such a competitive nature.
1: Yes, yeah, she does push herself. Um, for example, if her shot isn't falling, you know, she goes in a gym, you know, and she practices, practices, you know, um, looks at um film, looks at her old games. And it's it's interesting too. Um, when Megan you know got drafted um she would go back and look at her Yukon games mm. to see you know just look at how she played in Yukon when she got traded to the Phoenix or to the Mercury she would she went and she looked at the Mercury games and watched their style of play so she would you know know what you know what her role was on that team. So I could, I would say she's a student of the game.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, she's always trying to learn and be a student of the game.
0: I love the fact that you said she used to watch herself um, when she played at UConn, mm-hmm. which is pretty smart. Cause at the end of the day, that's what got her there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, wait a minute, let me go back and see Like, what did I do? That was so wonderful there that I can grow. But, at the beginning, this is where it all started for me, right? Like, you know what I mean? All, them skills, all those skills and everything I did there is put me now with the Liberty and now with the Mercury. So let me look at that and see how I can make it better because they loved it.
1: Yeah. yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. It true.
0: So let's talk about that trade because um, she got traded with Kia Nurse. What was that trade like
1: for her? Did she expect it? Did it make a difference? No, she didn't expect it. Um, yeah. She called me. She Facetimed me, and she said, "Guess what?" And I was like, "Oh, what? What?" She said, "I got traded." I said, "You did? What happened?" She said, "I got traded to the Mercury." She, she smiled. Yeah. I said, "Oh, so you're excited?" She said, "Yeah." That's
0: <laughs> yeah. amazing. That's amazing. So, how did they receive her?
1: Oh, they did. Oh, they sent her texts, all of the players and everybody sent her texts and was excited to see her. And uh, what really made her feel comfortable, she saw um, Brittany Mm -hmm. while she was over in Hungary. They were at a tournament or something. She said, I saw Brittany and, you know, Brittany said some kind words to her and she said, you know, I, I feel fine now. She said, I'm good, you know, about, you know, being traded. Right. And she said, I talked to Brittany and, you know, we had a wonderful conversation. So, you know, she felt fine with it. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: So for you now, being a basketball mom of a professional player is all new for you. So to date, what's the best piece of advice that you've received from anybody?
1: I've received? Yep. I would say just um, support. You have to, you know, support your basketball player. Be patient, you know. Um, let things, let, if it's a plan, let that plan play out. You know, um, just be patient, supportive, you know. Do as much as you can to to help them, you know, to be there, whether it's um, the 3 o'clock in the morning phone calls, you know. Um, all of that is important. Because you want to put them in a place where they're comfortable um, playing basketball and you want them to feel comfortable, you know, that they have support around them if they need it.
0: Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And before we get into the fun facts, what is it like for you being the courtside mom to Megan Walker?
1: Awesome. My (laughs) name. Go, mom. Go, mom. Yes. (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah.
0: So now let's learn some fun facts about your baby. Mm-hmm. What is that go-to dish that you make that she must always have?
1: She likes my um, spaghetti and mm. turkey. My she, she doesn't eat red meat, so she loves my um, spaghetti and the turkey meat. She loves that. So I always have to fix that for her. <laughs> um, yeah, she loves that.
0: <laughs> I'm just curious you said before that she cooks, so what oh, is some yeah what, is, what does she make that you like?
1: <laughs> um, I love her buffalo chicken dip mm okay. she makes an awesome buffalo buffalo chicken dip, and I love her devil eggs oh, okay, mm-hmm.
0: that's different.
1: Mm-hmm. I haven't
0: had deviled eggs since I was a child, was yeah. A <laughs> What is one childhood item she used to carry around with her that she just, other than a basketball, Mm -hmm. that she just didn't want to be without?
1: You know, of course, her phone.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny.
1: Her phone. Yeah. 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 Her phone. You know,
0: it's funny because that's an answer that. I guess you. I, I guess the younger kids or the younger players a phone would be possible because the kids were getting phones younger and younger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when I asked this question, um, for moms and their sons or daughters are, are much older, they're like phone. No such thing as a phone back yeah. then. So the yeah. mothers were like, I didn't even have a cell phone. So, yeah. you know <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so different. Eh? So I think you were the first that set a phone. So oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you have a nickname for her, and if so, what was
1: it? Well, you know, her name is Megan, so we always call her Meg. Mm-hmm. And then I would call her Maggie Kayla, mm-hmm. Maggie Kayla, because her middle name is Kayla. Right, right. So, you know, I would call her Maggie Kayla a lot. Okay. Yeah. But everybody calls her Meg. Right. hmm
0: Um, let's see now, let's ask some advice questions. Um, you sort of answered this just now, but let's see, what advice would you give to another courtside mom about dealing with a coaching decision that she does not agree with?
1: Well, um, a lot of times, you know, you probably wouldn't agree if you don't agree. Um, I would just suggest that the, um, you know, of course, you know, Megan, had a decision, you know, a coaching decision. She would have wouldn't agree with, and she would share with me. The first thing I would tell Megan to do is, "What well, did you talk to the coach about?" Hmm. You know, you want to make sure that the player and the coach are on the same page, because it might be something else involved with the decision that maybe Megan didn't know about, or maybe maybe the coach didn't know about.
0: Right.
1: You know. So I agree just, you know, addressing it, you know, just asking questions.
0: And but what if it was another mother? What if you and another mom are sitting there watching the game Uh and and something happened and she does not like that decision? What would you advise her? What would you advise another mother?
1: Oh, about a foul or something like that?
0: Yep, the coach decided to do something the coach decided to take her child out and she don't like that decision and she's losing her mind. What advice yeah, would you like, give to this mother?
1: Calm down. Yeah, Calm down, you know, <laughs> first calm down, you know, um, just because she got out the game now, that doesn't mean that she's not going to get back in the game. Right. You know, just calm down and just, you know, wait and see, you know, what happens, you yeah. know, because all of, you know, Megan has been taking out games and, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. You know, things happen for a reason. So, you know, you just have to let your emotions just, you know, calm down. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sometimes you just got to decompress, eh?
1: Yeah. You just have (laughs) to just, you know, let everything calm down, Mm -hmm. you know. So
0: now what advice would you give to a player about how to deal with a tough teammate?
1: Mm. Oh, I can give you an example. Mm -hmm. One time Megan told me, um, one of her teammates, was coming in late to practice or something and the coach was not liking it or something. So when the player came in, Megan said something like, Hey, where you been? You know what time it is or something, you know, something mm-hmm. to that nature. And it was like, mm, yeah, I was in my room. She was like, well, you know, you probably need to get here a couple minutes early because you don't want to make such and such mad, you know? Yeah. So she kind of like, you know, like made a joke of it, you know, instead of, you know, just attacking or just saying, right. you know, you need to be on time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sometimes you just have to bring light to a situation in a different yeah. way so people understand. And good on Megan. Yeah. If you could only give one piece of advice to another courtside mom, what would it be?
1: Um, support. Stay happy. Enjoy. Enjoy the run. You know, mm-hmm. enjoy the run. Um, you know, travel, you know, be there and just enjoy the run. Just enjoy yourself. (laughs) I am very happy um, to be able to see Megan's journey. It brings me so much joy, you know, to see her dress up in her uniform and, you know, to hear her talk about um, her games and her practices. You know, she'll call me and she said, okay, we've just finished practice. I said, well, how did practice go? She said it was great. It was good. So it it brings me so much joy um, to see her enjoying her journey.
0: Right. Right.
1: You know, so I would just, you know, like to spread, you know, just enjoy the journey, you know, enjoy yourself, support, you know, it all comes, it'll all come full circle.
0: Great. Great advice. I am so happy to have spent this time with you, Janita. Thank you oh. so much for coming on Courtside Mom and and just talking to us about yourself mm-hmm. and to Megan and about Megan. And we wish her all the luck with the Mercury and her career as a whole.
1: Thank you so much.
0: You be blessed and be safe.
1: You too, okay. thank you. You're well, you I am won't done I do it naturally. Right.